0: The Fantasy Lounge, live from 92nd in Nashville, formerly 33rd in Emerald, with the same old fantasy football talk. Twelve degenerates from Oak Lawn compete to be the champion. Who's gonna win? Who's gonna lose? Find out this week on the Fantasy Lounge with your host, Randy Hansen. Come you. And Mike Prada. As a gym coach, he was a natural. Show me some hustle! Here's this week's edition of the Fantasy Lounge. And we are live in the Fantasy Lounge. As always, Mikey Mac on the mic. To my right. To my left. I'm not seeing anybody. That's right. Your boy Mikey Mac doing a solo dolo Fantasy Lounge. Look, here's a situation. The boys couldn't get together, couldn't find a time. We still have five more divisions. We got to cover, we got to highlight. We didn't have time. So I had to, you know, put my big boy pants on, do what I do best, lead by example, and take care of the NFC West for the boys, for the lounge listeners. Now, I'm glad to be here. It's a lot different being on my own, being riding solo. So, you know, there's going to be some kinks in this, this lounge, but my point is to bring some content, to bring some knowledge to the fantasy listeners, because after all, that's what I'm here to do. As we transition to the NFC West, arguably the most polarizing figure in this division, running back Todd Gurley past two years has been a godsend to fantasy owners the past two years, if you had him on your team, you felt amazing about the production that you were going to receive on a daily basis as you know though his knee is not a hundred percent. there's a lot of talks out of camp that he feels good. the training staff acknowledge yes he does have arthritis in his knee, but it's something that they know something that they are, have been monitoring. What I like so far out of camp is that Todd Gurley not really participating in many drills, not going to play in the preseason. He's on that veteran workload. What's interesting to me about his fantasy value is this is a guy that for the past couple of years has been one, two, three in your fantasy drafts. Right now, his average ADP in PPR formats... Is 14 right outside the first round, and that's interesting to me. Really interesting. I feel like that's a little disrespectful to Todd Gurley. Now, as a you know, mathematician, some would say, you know, I do teach PE, PE and and math go hand in hand, from what I hear. I did some Todd Gurley math for the listeners here. The purpose of this is because I think there's some misconception about truly a regression in Gurley and what that means for fantasy owners. And here's what I did. I crunched his 2018 numbers for you, and I just came up with some 2019 numbers that factored in the regression that is probably going to um, happen because the Rams drafted Daryl Henderson um, they still have Malcolm Brown there. You know, People talking out of camp that they expect Henderson and Brown to get about 35% of the total uh, snaps at the running back position combined, so that leaves about 65% for Todd Gurley. Concerning. You hate to hear those numbers. I know I'm not happy about that as a potential Todd Gurley owner. In 2018, Todd Gurley, 256 rushing attempts. A total of 1,250 yards rushing 4.9 yards a clip. Found the end zone 17 freaking times. Jeez Louise. Penciling a touchdown a week for this guy. Unreal. Unreal the production. In the receiving game, 59 receptions for 580 yards. Four touchdowns through the air. So, over 21 touchdowns. Or, twenty? I mean, 21 touchdowns for your boy Todd Gurley. Which... Calculated to 372 fantasy points PPR, which was good for third best at the running back position. Monster. Absolute monster. Absolute monster. And so, people are getting nervous here. People are, you know what, I don't want to take this guy who, when healthy, is the arguably the best running back in fantasy. Finished 16 points behind Christian McCaffrey, who caught 107 balls. That's insane to me. That's insane to me. Finished 13 points behind, behind Saquon, who caught 91 passes. So, let's start factoring in the regression. What is that? What would that look like, right? So, here's what I did. And I will say this. I feel like I was very, very, what's the word? What's the word I'm looking for? I was very low on these numbers that I'm about to give you. And it's going to show you how I think, well, I'll let you be decide, but it's, it, I think it's going to show you something. Let's just say, let's dial it back. Instead of 256 rushing attempts for Ty Gurley, I threw him 200. Okay, 200. So 56 uh, less rushing attempts in 2019. Gave him 900 yards rushing. That's 4.5 yards a carry instead of the 4.9. And I I threw him 8 touchdowns in the running game. So from 17 to 8. Sizable digression if you would if i would uh you know if you would agree in the passing game screw 59 receptions i just gave him 45 450 yards so 10 yards uh uh pass attempt basically 10 yards per catch same thing um right around the same thing in 2018 three touchdowns so 11 total touchdowns that gave him 246 fantasy points 246 fantasy points in a huge regression. 246 fantasy points down from 372. So 130 fantasy points of regression. Where does that put him, do you think? In the running backs from 2018. What position? What do you think? Top 15 maybe? Maybe outside the top 15? No. That puts him right around the David Johnson range from last year. 8th best fantasy running back. With those numbers that I've given you. 8th best. So I don't know what type of regression people are expecting. But if you're trying to tell me. That your people are passing on Todd Gurley. In the first round. And if you're telling me you could get him. As the 16th, 17th, 18th pick. Maybe in your draft. Sign me up. Sign me up. Because the numbers I've given you. Very conservative numbers for his production. And he still would rank. The 8th best fantasy running back in PPR. I don't know, I'm not I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing the regression and I get I know his knees messed up. I get it. He's got arthritis, but that's something that the Rams have known about for a long time. They've been prepared for this moment. He's still going to be productive. Let's not let's not let's not, you know, burn down the ship yet. Let's not burn down the Todd Gurley shit because I think there's a potential for him to have a, a, a just as good of a year in terms of being a tops 8 fantasy running back. That's probably deserving to go in the first round. I'm telling you this right now. Mikey Mack, put it on the bulletin board. If you draft Todd Gurley in the second round, you will be a playoff team in your fantasy league. Because now you're telling me maybe, maybe you get a Hopkins and then you get a Gurley. Maybe you get a Michael Thomas, you get a Gurley. Maybe you get a James Conner, you get a Gurley. Whew. I'm just saying, Todd Gurley in the second round is an absolute steal. And I'm interested to see, as fantasy drafts keep approaching, keep approaching, what his ADP is looking like. So, that's a little Todd Gurley math for you. I hope maybe I may open up your eyes a little bit at what maybe a regression year for Gurley would look like. Compared to his overall fantasy worth. As you know. We've been hitting you with some sweet and sours. As I broke down the NFC West. I'm telling you. There's a lot of sneaky fantasy potential. and It was hard to really um, break down. Or to highlight some individuals. Because I think there is a plethora. You like that word right there. That's an NIU degree. There's a plethora of fantasy options that people are going to be um, surprised and people are going to be very happy about. My first one that I'm sweet on, this is a receiver edition, Robert Woods. Robert Woods might be one of the more underrated fantasy players in the NFL. If you were to say Robert Woods was a top 12 fantasy receiver last year, To a casual fantasy player, they probably might not know or might not even realize who Robert Woods is. Not a big name, plays in the three-headed monster. There's rumblings out of Rams camp, Josh Reynolds. We love Josh Reynolds, and that's great. But there's no doubt Robert Woods has earned his keep as a fantasy receiver. 265 fantasy points last year, like I said, was 12th best. Uh, PPR, 86 receptions, 1,200 yards, 6 tutties. With Cooper Cup going down last year, Robert Woods, without a doubt, became his most favorite target. And even with Cooper Cup coming back, Robert Woods is a guy I want to own. Like I said before, if you were to tell me Robert Woods is your wide receiver 3, I'm liking what you're doing as a fantasy owner. If you have two stud receivers that are better than Robert Woods and you could plug in Robert Woods as your third best receiver, you're doing something right. What I like about Robert Woods, YPC, yards per catch have gone up since 2014. The dude makes big plays. In an offense that is programmed to make big plays, Robert Woods Is a huge recipient of that. I know there's a lot of mouths to feed. With Gurley. You know with Gurley not. Being able. Maybe not being as 100%. I'm interested to see how that affects the passing game. But again. People are ranting and raving about Daryl Henderson. They love this kid. And I hear that he's doing. Or he's doing everything possible. to, To be that kind of third down back. Now, Robert Woods right now, average ADP is 42nd. He is the 17th ranked receiver behind the likes of Cooks, Edelman, Diggs, Cooper, T.Y. Hilton. 42nd. Now, judging by my math, 12 plus 12 is 24, 36, 48. You are looking at late third round for Robert Woods. Maybe you get him in the fourth round maybe your your fantasy league is so sweet that you get him in the 5th round. My point is, whenever you draft Robert Woods, maybe not in the 2nd, but if you draft Robert Woods early 4th round, you're feeling great. You should be feeling great about what you're doing as a fantasy owner. Now, as we transition to the next guy I'm sweet on, Mr. Reliable, Larry Fitzgerald. Holy shit, was the Arizona Cardinals offense abysmal last year? Guess what offense was dead last in passing yards per game? Ding, ding, ding. You got it right. The Arizona Cardinals averaged about 150 yards per game through the air. Are you kidding me? You're shitting me. Josh Rosen couldn't get it done. The Sam Sam Bradford experiment blew up in your face. Of course it does. Larry Fitzgerald was still the 25th best PPR receiver last year in 2018. Still, with that offense that was terrible. Now, granted, he came on mega huge at the end of the year. What I like about Larry Fitzgerald, rookie quarterbacks, they get a little cold sometimes. What happens when you get cold? That's right. You put on the blanket. There's no better security blanket than Larry Fitz in the slot. This is a guy that the expectation is, in that offense, the expectation is they're going to pass a lot more. The expectation is they are going to make people relevant all over the field. I'm not even going to talk about David Johnson, but I'm super high on David Johnson. Not even talk about Christian Kirk. I'm mega high on Christian Kirk. The Arizona Cardinals, which were, um, let's say, the the equivalent of the Sierra Desert in terms of fantasy points. Just dry to the bone. You know how you got those guys that, you know, eat chicken wings? And I'm one of those guys that are just sucking off the, the <laughs> That sounded bad. That are just eating the grizzle off the off the <laughs> eating the grizzle off the bone. The grizzle was the Arizona Cardinals last year. You were struggling to find production in that offense. I expect them to have that team to be a lot better under Cliff Kingsbury. Larry Fitzgerald is the guy I want to own. I'm said I was ride receiver heavy. I'm gonna continue that trend. I'm gonna give you two. Going back to Kyle Shanahan's offense, let's talk about Dante Pettis. And also give a shout out to Trent Taylor. Now, people are probably thinking, well, how come you're not talking about Marquise Goodwin? There's reports out of camp, guys, that Marquise Goodwin. Is not a lock to make the 53 man roster. Interesting. Interesting. Interesting to me. This is a guy that I was super hyped on last year. That was a big swing and a miss for Mikey Mack. That happens. I'm not perfect. I don't I don't intend to be perfect. Even though I'm probably the closest thing to perfection in our fantasy league. But Marquise Goodwin is not a lock to make this roster, which is interesting to me. They did draft Debo Sweeney or Debo Sweeney, Debo Samuel, highly touted rookie. Now, the reason why I like Pettis is that he found a knack to get into the the end zone last year. Five tutties last year. Um, Came on late, but this is a guy that has shown an ability to score. People are already saying that he's going to be the number one. They have to throw the ball to someone. Garoppolo, again, was not impressive even before the injury. I'm expecting Garoppolo to have a bounce-back year, and I'm expecting that offensive passing game to be in better. Now, Trent Taylor is a guy that is expected to play in the slot. I like Trent Taylor. Again, reports out of camp, Wes Welker, his is wide receiver coach, he plays a little bit like Wes Welker. And I quote, has taken his receiving presence to a new level, The expectation is I think both of these people have some fantasy potential. If we're just looking for shits and giggles, Trent Taylor, Dante Pettis, I'm looking at the ADP scrolling down, scrolling down, scrolling down, scrolling down. I cannot find them. That's interesting. I mean, not even top 65. Let me look. Maybe I missed them. I'm still not looking. I'm still still searching. Can't find them. My point is, Oh, there's Dante Pettis. 29th, average ADP, 67th pick. That's a little high for me. Okay, people are high on him. That's good. But my point is, this is a guy that's a number one that you are talking about, let's see. 55, 60. Man, you're talking 7th, 8th round. You're getting a number one. And an offense that is expected to, to kind of blow up. I'm not seeing Trent Taylor. This is a guy that probably won't get drafted or probably will get drafted 13th, 14th round. Who, in the slot... With Garoppolo, has the potential to be a Julian Edelman light, right? I'm not saying, obviously, I'm not saying he's putting up, but give me give me 65 receptions, 800 yards, find the end zone four times, a guy that you could spot start. Those are guys I'm sweet on. I also really like Darrell Henderson. I think there's potential for him, especially if you know things go sideways for Gurley in terms of his health. Hopefully not. There's a guy that could use, they're going to plug in that's going to be a factor out of the backfield that's going to run the ball pretty well. I also like him. Now, if we're going to some sours here, Tyler Lockett, wide receiver, Seattle Seahawks, was number two with Doug Baldwin leaving, is now considered the number one. He had a great year last year in 2018. Ten receiving touchdowns last year. You know what's interesting about that? That ten, Those ten receiving t- touchdowns was more than what he had in the previous three years combined. I don't like the dependency on the touchdowns. That's always fluky. We know that with guys like Julio. Sometimes people just can't find the end zone. That concerns me a little bit. Tyler Lockett has never had more than 60 receptions in a season. Guess what team was dead last in passing attempts last year? Ding, ding, ding. That's right, the CLC Hawks. 427 attempts, a.k.a. break it down, 26 a game. I will say this about Ty Lockett. He caught a majority of his targets, which makes me happy. And as you know, he loves the big play. But you're looking at a team that not only feels really good about their running back situation with Rashad Penny and then also Chris Carson but as you know, Russell Wilson takes away fantasy points from receivers with his ability to scramble. Look, 70 targets last year for um, Tyler Lockett has never had more than 71 targets. The volume is not there. I get it. Doug Baldwin is gone. The, the expectation is for him to see some more targets, which he probably will. But you, they bring in Jerron Brown. They draft DK Metcalf. They still have um David Moore who showed some signs last year of getting in the end zone my point is if you are expecting Tyler Lockett to have that breakout year which he had last year people were very excited about what he was doing if you're looking for him to be that type of guy who was you know 25 to 24, 24, the 16th best fantasy Receiver in PPR, I don't see that happening. Put it this way. If he just goes for six touchdowns instead of 10, 24 points, he's outside the top 25. So the volume is concerning. That's kind of why I'm down on Ty Lockett. Let's hit another situation. Now, Mikey Mack is notorious for not just giving you one guy. Let's talk about the San Francisco backfield because I'm, it's, it, it's like trying to solve a Rubik's Coup, how all these people are going to get some touches. Reports out of camp, McKinnon is going to be out for a couple more weeks. Um, I guess he had an issue with his knee that flared up a little bit. They say it's nothing serious but something to watch. But, again, they paid. Let's, let's, not, let's not forget this. They paid Jarek McKinnon a lot of money, 15 mil guaranteed. Last year to come in, obviously he was injured, but that's a lot of money. They they don't want to just dump that money. Okay, so if you were just telling me it was McKinnon, Breida, and Mozart, if you were just if you were just telling me that that was the backfield, I'm still concerned about who I'm drafting. I'm still concerned about the production on a on a week to week basis, about who is going to be productive. If you're just telling me that. But no. Let's go ahead and add Tevin Coleman to this mix, who was a guy that probably was underutilized in Atlanta, who last year averaged 4.8 yards at rush, which is phenomenal. Anything over four or five, I love it. Mikey Mack loves it. Out of camp, there's what's called the de facto lead runner. But now you're, you're talking about all these talented individuals. Where, how, Is it even possible for them all to get touches? I will say this. When Matt Breida was the guy, he was productive. When Mozart was the guy, he was productive. If you're going to tell me that Tevin Coleman is the guy and you're mixing in Breida, give me Tevin Coleman. If you're telling me Matt Breida is the guy and they're mixing in Tevin Coleman, give me Matt Breida. But my point is they're not going to tell us that, and you're going to be playing Russian Roulette every week because all four of these backs are talented. All four of these backs that are high on... There has to be some gift to it. What's going to happen? It's concerning to me because the potential is there. Now, something could happen like happened last year where people are dropping like flies in that backfield, and all of a sudden we're looking at a situation where you have a very productive running back in San Francisco. The issue is, heading into drafts, you almost need to get both. I would say, I would highlight Coleman and Breida. You almost would have to get both. That's two roster spots that are going to be taken up in a 15-roster spot league, most likely, maybe 16. It's hard to maneuver. That kind of hamstrings, or that, what's the word, hamstrings? Is that even a thing? It ties your hands behind your back in terms of some of the roster moves you can make. So I'm sweet on all, I mean, I'm sour on all those guys even though there is potential for them to do some great things. Now, if you're telling me McKinnon's going to be a little slot guy that's going to be more productive in the passing game, and you're telling me Coleman is going to be working out of the backfield a lot, it's still, though, Breda, Breda's good enough to play in that system. It's concerning to me. It's concerning to me. I don't know what to do. I wish Randy was here. He would tell me. He would guide me. I wish Dave Stubin was there. I will say this, Daily, uh, Dave Stubin, that Trent Taylor pick, that's a Daily Dave special. Dave loved Dave loved Trent Taylor, so I, you know, I told him I'm gonna put him in there. San Francisco was 20th in the league in attempts last year. Okay, so below half the league in attempts. Now, I didn't talk about Kyler Murray. It's hard to talk about rookies because you haven't seen them. I, I will say this about Kyler Murray. It can't be worse than when it was in Arizona. It cannot be worse. If you watched him at Oklahoma you saw the explosiveness I guess Cliff Kingsbury is just the, the 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 next best thing since sliced bread so I'm expecting Fitz to be better I'm expecting uh Kirk to be better David Johnson's on on pace to have probably a monster year so what that means is Kyler Murray is going to be better now if we just break down Kyler Murray's ADP let's go do, let's do this here who would I rather have let's do that Who would I rather have in 2018? or I mean, 2019. Who would I rather have? Right now, Kyler Murray is the ninth-picked, the ninth quarterback going right now. Behind Mahomes, Luck, Rogers, Watson, Baker, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Carson Wentz. So, Russell Wilson's behind him. Cam Newton's behind him. Goff's behind him. Rivers, Roethlisberger, Brady, Dak, Garoppolo, Cousins. Trubisky's 21? Oh, Interesting to me. If you're telling me Kyler Murray is going to be the ninth best fantasy quarterback, I would call you a liar. I don't see it. I would love, I wish I had the numbers, but I know people are going to talk about Mahomes. Mahomes was not a rookie last year. That was his second year, and I know he was just you know the the best thing I've ever seen, honestly. Next to that Peyton Manning season when he threw 55. like it was it was must watch television. I don't think Kyler Murray's is what much. Uh, he's must watch television. I just don't think it's going to happen his first year. So give me Russell Wilson, give me Goff, give me Roethlisberger, uh, give me Trubisky. I'm high on Trubisky. My point is, Kyler Murray is going to be effective, and I know his his ability to run is going to be huge. But I'm a little concerned about his stature in the pocket. He's a short guy. I'm a little concerned about when he gets hit on a regular basis, how that's going to hold up. Don't. If if Carson if Carson Wentz is right in that same area, Like, don't draft Kyle Murray over Carson Wentz. Don't do it. Don't draft Kyle Murray over Jared Goff. Do not do it. Do not do it. Now, I could be wrong. I could have egg all over my face. But once the last time, a true rookie came into, came into this league and lit it on fire. When's the last time? I mean, Baker showed some signs last year, but it was also up and down. We all know Sam Darnold struggled. Lamar Jackson couldn't start right away. Trubisky struggled his first. I, I'm just going down the. I'm going down the the list here, and it's hard for me to find a true rookie. Even Andrew Luck struggled his first year. I'm just saying, pump the brakes a little bit on Kyler Murray. All right, gentlemen, fans of the lounge, we just knocked out the entire NFC. We gave you some sweet and sours. We gave you some information to chew on. I hope you enjoyed it. 28 minutes, this lounge, so there's no excuse not to listen. I know it could be a little redundant to hear my voice. I wish I had the boys with me. Didn't happen. They will be back. I assure you, when we cover the AFC, we're going to hit the AFC North because that's Probably the hottest division right now in terms of publicity going on with the Browns being hot. Um obviously the Steelers got a, a load of fantasy pretend potential. I mean Dalton's still in uh Cincinnati, so there's some people there that you could play, and then obviously Baltimore, which is gonna be interesting to be fascinating to see Lamar Jackson and how they decide to use Mark Ingram. All right. As always, you can check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Anchor, Spotify, iTunes. Please check us out. We get some good content out there. Alright. As always. I'm Mikey Mac. Remember. It's never too late. To come relax at the lounge. Take care y'all.